Over the past year, I've been on a healing adventure. I've spent the past 12 months recovering from brain fog, pain, and chronic fatigue. Like any good adventure story, there have been highs and lows, losses and gains, and an incredible amount of personal growth and lessons learned. This journey has made me a better health practitioner and a more empathetic coach. To add more meaning to my experience, I wanted to create something that would help others to increase their energy, clear their mind, and restore their health. I created the Brain Fog Bible. The Brain Fog Bible is a 47-page guide that covers what I call the low-hanging fruit. It explores the most important areas to be assessed and addressed if you want more from life, but your brain and your body are holding you back. You can grab a copy at brainfogbible.com forward slash download. That's brainfogbible.com forward slash download. I believe one of the most important things that we can do is give ourselves the gift of truly nourishing the soul through time spent in self-inquiry, moments that still the mind, and practices that light us up and allow us to reconnect to the child within. Move, Breathe, Create is a platform that celebrates soul nourishment. Move your body to get out of your head. Breathe to give yourself mental clarity and calm. Create without expectation to fuel your inspiration and delight your senses. Come and join us over at movebreathecreate.com and use the code kombucha for your first month free. I'm looking forward to seeing you inside the community. From a young age, I was passionate about nutrition and helping people with their health. When I started practicing in the field, I realized that physiology and psychology are intimately intertwined. Some of my clients just needed to know what to do to feel better. And many of my clients knew what they should be doing, they just weren't doing it. Underneath it all, unconscious conditioning was getting in the way of their success. This drove me to uplevel my skill set and coach my clients to remove some of their mental roadblocks and reconnect with the wisdom of the body. I learned about the importance of embodiment and harnessing the power of emotions to get more of what you want from life. I started offering intensive one-to-one coaching packages and I launched my Grounded Goddess group program. I also wanted to create a free offering to help women understand the power of the mind, body, and emotions. I created the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. The Grounded Goddess Blueprint is a 43-page guide that will help you reconnect with what you want from life and teach you how to build your roadmap to create it. It will help you understand why you often find yourself going round in circles and engaging with self-sabotage. If you feel stuck, overwhelmed, or frustrated with lack of results, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. If you want clarity, understanding, and more success, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. Just go over to groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint and grab your copy. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint. Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. 
This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. Today, it's me and Shay catching up. We want to talk a little bit about the word nourishment today. So to give you guys all the backstory is last week, I had actually been preparing a yin class um, for the yin classes that I teach, and I'd chosen the theme of nourishment. And Shay and I are... Sometimes we find it easier to think about topics to talk about, and sometimes we find it harder to think about topics to talk about. And last week, we decided actually to skip a recording because we thought that we just wanted a break and we also didn't have any pressing topics we wanted to discuss. And then because I was planning for this yin class, I was thinking, oh, yeah, we could do a podcast on nourishment. And then I opened up Instagram, as you do. And the very, very first post on my feed was a post from Shay. And the very, very first word, all written in bold capital letters, was the word nourishment. So I messaged Shay straight away and I said, look what I found on your Instagram feed. And we should talk about this on a podcast. So that is the topic for today. But before we go into everything, how are you doing, Shay? I'm doing really well, actually. Yesterday was a bit shaky for me, but today I'm feeling much better. And actually, funny enough, since this whole podcast was on nourishment, I thought we would even go into the the topic of kind of nourishing your body. Um, I'm obviously pregnant, if you didn't know, but this whole like idea of nourishing your body when you're pregnant and kind of the physical aspect of, of nourishment, which is still important. Although to be fair, if I think about the first 12 weeks of pregnancy and anyone trying to give you like a quote unquote nourishment plan, <laughs> like that is an actual joke. Like you just I've do what you need that. to do to survive. Yeah. If you need have, to eat a pickle for dinner, you have to have a pickle for dinner. <laughs> I often have clients who be like, I just found out I'm pregnant. Like what should I eat during pregnancy? And what I've said to clients categorically is like, I can tell you what would be a good idea for you to focus on, but being very honest, you're probably just going to eat whatever you feel that you can or you want to and do your best. Good luck. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. That has been my experience. Like toast and pickles. It's like, if you, you just do what you can to survive. But now obviously things are starting to regulate a little bit and the hormones are settling down. The placenta is taking more of the work. So it's like, oh, I can start to get back into my greens and, and things that I know are physically very nourishing for me and for baby. But I think what we wanted to, to share about today was a much broader context of nourishment. And what Anna was talking about where she found my um, post on nourishment is that I'm sure you are familiar, but if you're not, I run a membership platform called Move, Breathe, Create. And every month I share content that's related to a certain theme. And the theme um, encompasses all different aspects. So we've got yoga practices and physical movement. Then we've got breath work or meditation stuff, which is more to do with the mind. And then we've got soul work, which is to do with like creative practices or things to nourish the soul. And for me, this idea and concept of nourishment is not just something that we do in the physical body in terms of eating right, but it's how can we nourish our physical body? How can we nourish the nervous system? 
system? How can we nourish the soul through all these different practices? So that is what I've been sharing in the month with this theme of nourishment. And we thought it'd be a good idea to kind of share some of those tools. And Anna's got some things that she can share with us as well. So Anna, do you want to start us off? Yeah. So while we were preparing for this podcast, one of the questions I was asking myself is that what is the difference between nourishment and self-care? Because as you've said, that nourishment isn't just about, you know, eating your greens or nourishing your physical self, maybe through food, but it is actually much bigger than that. It's about how we nourish all these different parts of ourselves, And really that's what I feel self-care is. Self-care is self-nourishment. But I think there can be a lot of stigma attached to self-care. I think it's becoming increasingly accepted that self-care is actually essential and self-care is really, really important to our overall health, mind, body, and spirit. But there has previously, I think, been a lot of resistance, like self-care can be selfish. People struggle to put themselves first. People struggle to see the value in prioritizing their own personal care. And self-care, I would say, well, nourishment is like a metaphor for self-care. And often when we use metaphors, it bypasses the conscious mind and metaphors often land in the unconscious mind. So I love the idea of using nourishment for languaging around self-care, especially if there is a little bit of resistance, because I think it's easier for us to accept that we all need nourishment. You know, we learn that from a young age as children, like you have to eat your greens so you can grow big and strong. And so there is this more readily accepted, I guess, viewpoint or belief that nourishment is important. Nourishment is healthy. So if we can use a metaphor like nourishment for self-care, it helps it to land a little bit more um, in the body and then enables us to maybe use that belief system then to take more empowered actions. I'm not sure if you had anything you want to add on that, Shay. Yeah, I just think exactly with that same analogy is that self-care seems like it's an optional practice. It's like you have your life and then self-care is like this added extra if you have the time, whereas like nourishment is something that is not optional. It is mandatory. In order to survive, you need to nourish, you need to eat. But like if we can think about that in relation to self-care, it like creates such a different spin on how we are choosing to nourish or care for ourselves in a physical, mental, and emotional aspect. So yeah, I love that analogy. Yeah. And um, one of the things that we may have talked about on the show before, I can't actually remember, is that self-care practices are not always like bubble baths and you know scented candles or massages or spa days. So sometimes the things we have to do for self-care are the tough things or the difficult things or the uncomfortable things like setting boundaries, having difficult conversations that actually end up nourishing relationships. So just like sometimes self-care can be those tough or difficult things nourishment doesn't always feel good and I kind of use the metaphor of you know eating your greens and your little you told you know you can't have your desserts until you've eaten all your peas so that you're you know that's what things I think my parents used to say to get us to eat our vegetables so sometimes we have to do the things that don't always feel fantastic so that we can nourish ourselves. But then there obviously are things that we can do as well that allow us to nourish ourselves and feel good. And we, we kind of want to have a balance of, this, of the two. You know, you don't always want to be like pushing yourself into the hard, courageous self-care activities. You also want to have some of those things that just do create that lovely, warm, virtual hug mm. type feeling when you practice them. But I guess 
irrespective of all of that is there'll always be things which are more nourishing for one person and more depleting for another. And we are all different. We're all unique. And therefore I think part of being able to develop this nourishing toolbox for yourself is also about getting to know yourself and raise your awareness and consciousness about yourself so that you can start to understand what fully nourishes you. Just like how for some people they'll do like a vegan diet and for them that is the thing that makes them feel awesome where someone else is maybe doing like a high protein paleo diet and that's what makes them feel awesome. And so, you know, even though diet can be very individualistic, the other practices that we do so that we can feel good are also very individualistic. So if we take diet out of it, what are some of the practices that you specifically have in your life that is nourishing for you? Gosh, <laughs> there's a lot. And yeah, maybe actually it would be helpful if I just talk a little bit about what I wanted to talk about today was actually talking a little bit about the chakra system. There are so many different ways that we could start to think of a framework for our nourishment. And you mentioned your membership platform and the Move, Breathe, Create website and how that looks at the physical body, the nervous system and the soul. Is that right? The soul? Yeah. Mm. When I work with my clients, I also teach them, we have this exercise, which I call parts, and we look at all the different parts of ourselves. So I think the most commonly known ones for most people are like the inner child, the inner adults, but there can be so many, like the inner achiever or the inner goddess or the mom or the cat mom or, you know, the husband, the wife, the best friend. We have all these different characters, all these different parts we play in our life, and all these different parts need nourishment in their own way. So the way that I thought we could maybe look at it in this podcast today specifically was maybe looking at the chakra system. We've talked a little bit about the chakra system on previous podcasts. And what it is, is basically an energetic system, which um, is found in yogic philosophy. So the yogis believe that we've got 72,000 different energetic channels, which are called nadis in the body. And where these energetic channels, I guess, connect or intersect, you can almost have, if you think of it like a, a bundle of energy or an energetic wheel or energetic disc. And there are seven main ones that run up the central spinal column of the body. And each of these different energetic centers, each of these energetic discs or wheels relate to, I guess, different parts of ourselves or relate to different energies. And how I was thinking about nourishment is that when these energetic centers are out of balance, we may need to do certain activities that help to balance that specific energy center. And so therefore, when I think of all the different things that I do, there are different things that maybe are required on different days, depending on how I'm feeling or what my, what's happening in my body or what might be out of balance in my life. And the way that I describe this to my clients is like you have this medicine cabinet and well, you have a, if you have a cabinet in your bathroom and it's maybe filled with medicine, if you have a headache, you take out the headache pills. If you have a tummy ache, you take out the tummy ache pills. If you've got a cut on your big toe, you take out a plaster. And the same way we want to maybe think about all the, you mentioned a toolbox at the beginning of the show. It's like, if you know your body, 
And if you have a little bit of an insight into the way these different energy systems work in the body, you can kind of start to pick up on where you might be out of balance. And then, you know, when you open your medicine cabinet, oh, I need to take out the time and nature medicine, or I need to take out the human connection medicine. And you have the, this opportunity to really give yourself what you need, depending on how you're feeling in that moment. So I don't know if it'd be helpful for me to just go through each of the chakras. Yeah, go for it. So we've got the root chakra and the root chakra is at the very, very base of the chakra system. And that's associated um, with the sense of grounding. So often if like you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling anxious or maybe even feeling a little bit low in self-worth or it, it can also be related to finances. So maybe if you're feeling a little bit of scarcity, you're feeling a bit of lack financially or just generally in your life, then that root chakra may be nourishing. And so you asked me what practices that I have. I feel like grounding is something that I constantly need in my life. It's something that I constantly have to come back to. And for me, that's like going out in nature, whether that's going for a walk or going to the ocean, swimming in the sea, um, anything that connects me to the earth, I find very nourishing and specifically for that chakra. But just generally speaking, because of the relationship with finances, I also think like doing money mindset work a couple of years ago. I had delayed this for ages, but I finally got an accountant to help me with my business. That just in terms of like getting all my finances in order and automating everything and organize everything, that can create also be a nourishing activity that creates a sense of grounding. So I don't know if there are any grounding practices that you have, Shay. Yeah, also like just going outside, having your bare feet on the ground, it's like a really useful thing, especially in London where we don't ever really take our shoes off unless we go into a yoga class. And then often then it's on a mat and it's in a room and it's kind of this really like controlled environment. So that's a really good practice. And then also the roots chakra or the, the base chakra is connected to the musculoskeletal system. So anytime we want to get into the root chakra, find our sense of ground, find our sense of grounding. It's how can I get into my physical body and particularly the lower limbs. So doing a leg workout or doing some lunges or doing some squats where you are really getting into the muscles and tissues, especially of the lower parts of your body is a good way to bring you from up in your head down towards the ground, down into that like really grounding practice. But also breath work and meditation is a nice way, way to ground and find stability. And then I also just want to touch on this, and, and maybe it's useful for people to hear this at the outset before we run through the rest of the chakra system, but we have these seven systems up from the base of the spine all the way up to the top of the head, the crown, and we have three chakra systems that are below the heart, then we've got the heart in the middle, and then we've got three chakra systems above the heart. And what is a good way to balance the chakra system is by looking at the corresponding chakra above or below the heart. So... And I will run through the rest of these as we go. But the first chakra is the root chakra. And the first chakra above the heart is the throat chakra. So if you're feeling ungrounded, unstable, and really like insecure with like your sense of grounding and your place in the world, then if you look to the throat chakra, it's how can I voice my needs? How can I first of all understand what my needs are? And then can I access my throat chakra and voice my needs to the people that are around me so that I can create a sense of stability and safety and structure within myself. 
Mm. So when we go up to the hip chakra, it'll be the eyebrow center chakra, which balances it. And we'll see as you go up, you'll see how it kind of relates to these as we move up the system. But I think that's a really useful thing to know is that they balance each other from a different perspective as well. So sometimes if we can't access that grounding, we can look to another center and use that to balance it. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. So the next, the next one in the chakra system is the sacral chakra. The color of that is orange. And this center is related to like pleasure, movements, creativity, fun and play. And I always think of you, Shay, when I think of this chakra because of all your creativity practices. So this one is, um, I think, for me, even though I love grounding, I think sometimes I probably need a little bit more sacral chakra work um, just generally in my life because I can tend to be quite, the way my brain works is very logical and practical and I like systems and I like structures and I like routine because of the sense of grounding that it gives me. But I think sometimes I need a little bit of more encouragement to have fun and to play and to have creativity and just to have that little bit more freedom and flow within my life. So this for me is a work in progress when it comes to nourishing. But I know, Shay, you've got lots of tools for this. So did you want to share? Mm. And it's funny that you say that because I have been so drawn to orange lately. All the messages that I send, I used to send like a pink heart and now I send like orange hearts everywhere all to mm. all people. And I'm just wondering like the center of um, procreation is at the pelvis and the center of creativity, it's the feminine energy, it's very swirling, it's like a dynamic round, it's often connected to water and to the moon. So it's yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a not a linear, like what you're talking about in terms of systems and structure, that's very linear, straightforward down the line, whereas this second energy up is very cyclical and very swirling. So yeah, I love that. And like, just I've been drawn to, to orange and I'm also now pregnant. It's kind of like an interesting correlation that I've, that I've noticed. But then just again, to touch on this from another perspective of looking up to what would balance it is that obviously if you're feeling like you are disconnected from this energy or if you're feeling depleted here, you, what can you do to play? What could you do to invite a little bit more creativity in your life? Try a new course, pick up something that feels different. Um, I do a lot of creative stuff. So this is quite inbuilt to who I am, but what could you do to step outside your comfort zone of creativity and, and play and exploration? And that's also really nourishing for the inner child. But if you look at that from what balances this chakra from those, those three up and the three down is what I spoke about, is that it's the eyebrow center or the third eye chakra, which balances the pelvic chakra. And the third eye chakra is connected to our sense of imagination. And it's about I'll be able to vision or to see something. So if you are feeling like, let's say, let's say from a pleasure perspective, like let's say from a pleasure perspective, you are feeling like disconnected from this, sexually not feeling like nothing's really going your way. How can you invite a little bit of imagination? How could you spark a little bit of that kind of vision or there's, there's other things that you can do to balance that um, pleasure center in your body from, from that aspect. So it's always useful to think of these in the pairs that they come in. Mm. So, yeah. What was also coming to mind as you're talking there is travel because when we, when we travel, we tend to see different things and we have these like different experiences and it is a little bit more like free. And so sometimes I think we can stimulate ourselves by, we can stimulate ourselves visually 
by, um, you know, how, putting ourselves in different environments or creating different experience to create a more sense of pleasure and fun. I know for me, like travel always makes me feel really mm. good. I find that very, very nourishing. Mm. And that relates to this, the third eye. That's mm. your vision, your seeing. So it's like, yeah, bringing it back to those, yeah. So the next one is the fire chakra. The color is yellow. And this is very much our center of identity, but it's also about will, our drive and confidence and courage and um, a lot of like passion in life as well. And so this is an interesting one for me. <laughs> I always think I'm quite strong in my fire chakra. But on the flip side of that, you know, if um, how you could maybe be nourishing this one might be through if you're feeling like a little bit like your inner fire is lacking or your inner confidence is lacking, you know, maybe it's time to set yourself a goal or maybe it's time to set yourself a challenge or work towards, you know, some sort of achievement in your life, whether that's very big or very small. And in the yogic philosophy, we have the words tapas, which is related to like motivation and discipline. And so what happens is when we set ourselves a little goal, whether that's I'm just going to drink more water every day for the next 30 days, that helps to build confidence through achievement because we build where we see, oh, look, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I can do this, I can do this. And in doing so, it builds our self-confidence. And I think as we build our self-confidence, that in itself is very, very nourishing. Mm. And also just as you were speaking this this idea that it's not only when a center in the body is depleted that we feel malnourished, but it can also be that that center of the body is taking too much energy. So if you think of like the fire center in the body, which is at the solar plexus, if you think about that center and let's say it gets over-energized, it creates, because it's to do with our identity, it's to do with our ego, that becomes so expanded that suddenly you actually feel like you're disconnected from the people around you because you're so puffed up into your own sense of self that it's like you're actually losing that focus of being in relationship and being really grounded in relation to other people. So then to balance that, you would look again to the crown chakra and the crown chakra at the top of the head is our connection to everyone. And it's connection to divinity, connection to something that's bigger than us. So if we look at that, then it's like, how can I maybe just take a few breaths to sit in contemplation or sit in prayer or sit in whatever connects to you to actually remind yourself that you are, yes, you are the universe, but also you're a small part of this universe of something that's much bigger. So, yeah, and I mean, it, it works, it works in reverse as well. Like if it's, if it's depleted, then you want to really tap into your, to your power that you are connected to all things that can really like liven up that spark and get you moving forward on your goals. So yeah, I, I resonate a lot with what you said there because I think I know from from myself in the past, considering this, the fire chakra is also associated with identity, is that I had a very, very strong identity associated to like achievement and being strong and pushing and forcing things and just like doing, 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 doing. And so I think like that was definitely sucking a lot of energy away from other parts of the system because that energy was so full. And what I've really had to learn to do or what life has kind of forced me to learn to do is, is actually to take those, that step back and to slow down and to ground, but also create those connections with, um, as you say, the, the crown chakra. And so, yeah, I can really resonate with that. 
Mm. And then just from a physical perspective to stimulate the, uh, to simulate the solar plexus, like any core work that you do or lying prone on your stomach or doing some twists is a good way to get into that fire center. If you like, Oh, I don't really know how to take a goal. Or I'm not really there. Like mm. do some core work, get your core, like really established. Obviously not if you're super craving, but um, get your core established because that helps you to stand up in life, which is what the center is about. So, yeah. Yeah, we've talked on the show, I think, many times about the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk, um, which is all about like how trauma is held in the body. And I think he, there's one of the case studies in that book where he, um, there's a, a woman who I can't remember exactly what trauma she had sustained, but um, it had really knocked her confidence. And then she started going to Pilates classes, which is obviously all focused around the core. And that was like one of the major things that enabled a huge amount of her progress was actually starting mm. to work that energetic fire center, which I think is a lovely connection. So then um, the fourth chakra, which is the one that sits above the, the fire chakra, the solar plexus, is the heart chakra, which is obviously located at the level of the heart and its um, color is green. And this chakra is very much associated to relationships and connections and um, balance as well in life. So I always think this is, whenever we're feeling a little bit out of balance, it's always good to check in with the heart. And here it might be that if you need to nourish this part of you, there may be a need for connection whether that's um, internal connection with self or external connection, reaching out to those people around you, especially in, in myself, I definitely see this trend of finding it quite difficult to ask for help, which means it's quite difficult to receive. And the heart chakra is related to this balance between giving and receiving. So I find it very easy to give and in some cases overgive to create this feeling of receiving. But sometimes the more challenging thing is to just allow myself to receive unconditionally or to allow to ask for help and then actually receive it. So if you're feeling perhaps that you need a little bit more balancing here, it might be reaching out to those connections, nurturing or nourishing the relationships around you. And also just checking in with I mean, how much have you been doing for others and how much have you been allowing yourself to receive? Or do you need to you know, fill up your own cup, so to speak? And I think the heart chakra kind of encompasses or integrates a lot of the themes of nourishment as a whole. Well, this is the thing with the heart is that one of the translations of anahata actually means unstruck. So there's nothing to strike against the heart. And in, in that sense, it is never unbalanced. So there's nothing to balance the heart chakra. It's right in the center. It's like a very pure energy. So it relates a lot to our ability to trust. And when we lose that sense of trust, it's like that's when we, we, we need to seek a little bit of connection so that we can reestablish that sense of trust within ourselves to create that balance again. So, yeah, beautiful. And then the next one is the throat chakra again, Shay. I always think of you when I think of the throat chakra. Um, so that's obviously level of the throat and the color is blue. And you've already touched on that this is associated with our ability to express ourselves, to use our voice, um, speak up. But because of its connection with sound, it can also be related to silence. So sometimes we do need to speak up to use our voice, whether it is the most nourishing thing to 
do is to have a difficult conversation or maybe it's to sing or laugh or scream or cry or, you know, use our voice in some way to express ourselves. But then sometimes there can also just be this need for silence. And sometimes the most nourishing thing you can do is just be quiet, be completely still, not have any sort of sound stimulus from the external world. Or I guess if you do feel like you need some kind of noise-based stimulation, maybe it's even just listening to like a beautiful song or going to a a gong bath or a singing bowl bath or it's just something that allows you to nourish that sound type of aspect of you. Mm. Yeah, so as much as the throat chakra is about also speaking, it's also about listening. So those mm. two are always connected. And then just if we if we relate that back to the chakra that balances it, that if you are finding in your life that it's really difficult to speak up for your needs or for you to, to voice your concerns or for you to really share honestly, then you need to look at the one that balances it, which is we've already looked at the root chakra. So you may then ask yourself a question like, where in my life am I feeling unsafe? Maybe in my relationship here, I'm not feeling safe or what is creating this feeling of not feeling stable, not feeling grounded with this person. Like how can I, how can I look at that so that I feel that I can really speak up or have my needs uh, met? I always say that with clients um, because I think, or at least from the experience of the women that I'm working with is that most of them have difficulty speaking up and asking for what they need and communicating because there's a fear there. And whether that is a fear of, of losing love or something else, most often it's a fear of losing love. The root chakra, taking those grounding, nourishing practices to help us balance our root, that helps to balance out fear because fear is one of the shadows of, of the root chakra. So the next one that Shay has already touched on already is the third eye, which is the eyebrow center. And as you said, this is relating to this ability to like visualize and, you know, in terms of nourishment, you already mentioned this idea of stimulating yourself visually. Maybe you need a change of scenery, whether that's traveling or just, you know, go, taking a different route to work when you go for a walk or buying a coffee from a different coffee shop, just like something that changes your external experience. But I think maybe sometimes in life, we can also feel a little bit stuck and stagnant. And again, that's that links with the sacral chakra, which is all about movement, that kind of like stuckness. Sometimes we just need a moment maybe to take stock and to start to dream a little bit about the future and start to think about what we want and where we're moving towards and maybe even doing like a vision board or something that allows us to create this visual sensation of where we're heading. Um, and that in itself can be a very nourishing activity to do. Because they're so connected, this sacral chakra, which is our creative center, our playfulness, our pleasure, and it's so connected to this ability to visualize, to see, to imagine. If we are feeling like we're lacking in the imagination or the visualization, that area, how can we bring it back to this area of playfulness? And how can we, if you think about children who just get on the ground and they just pick up a toy and they'll start playing with the toy and suddenly they've created a whole world that didn't exist before because they just dived into the play center. So how can we as adults connect to that idea of playfulness and play so that we can spark more imagination and then it runs on a feedback loop? So, yeah. 
Yeah, everything is connected, which leads us very nicely into the last chakra, which is the crown. And um, because this is about our connection to to everything and everyone, um, but it's also about growth. It's also about consciousness and it's about wisdom and knowledge and for me in particular like nourishing activities could be things like meditation so you know through meditation you're able to have this connection to things outside of you but it's also I think about like learning and understanding and growing as a person and the constant um, developments. And I feel that I know in my life when I'm feeling like a little bit stuck and stagnant as well, it's because I need that next stimulus. I need that next opportunity for, for growth so that I can, you know, change my vibration or or raise my consciousness. Mm. And then also if we think about that relating back down to the identity center, the kind of one of the, the, the shadow side of the identity center is looking at the shadow parts of ourselves. And that relates to the ego that relates to the identity of the self. So sometimes, and I think people who maybe go on this yoga path quite deep into it, they can be very up in their spiritual center, up in this crown center and kind of like floating off the ground a little bit. And they're just so one with the universe and connected to all things and like very floaty, iffy, iffy. And then like to balance that is like, actually remember your humanness like remember you are still human here on this earth like what are the aspects of yourself that are a little bit more shadowy or where is there work to be done that could start to bring you into a sense of a more total version of yourself not just like this person that is divine because you all are divine but also to have this balance between yes I'm human here grounded with all my identity with all my shadow stuff and also I've got this divine aspect with me too what I was thinking as well is we've talked about it on previous shows, but with growth also comes identity change. So as you grow, you will start to change who you believe that you are. So I love that connection between the fire chakra and the crown chakra, because it does actually very nicely highlight that link between identity and growth. So one of the practices in the move, breathe, create this season is about getting people. This is one of the soul work um, practices, but really taking the time to sit down and think about the things that nourish you as a person. And like we just listed a whole lot, you know, singing, chanting, listening to a gong bath, doing core work, doing squats and leg work, doing time in nature, time in nature, um, you know, playing outside and nourishing your inner child, like building um, relationships, connecting to other people. Yeah. Yeah. But creating a vision board, like traveling, seeing new experiences, taking a new path to work. So I think it's useful to sit down and think about those things that really are nourishing and supportive to you and write them down in a what I gave to people is write it down on like a credit card size piece of paper or put it somewhere that you can see it all the time. Maybe it's next to your bed first and that you wake up, but you've got this kind of really tangible list of things that are really connected to you because maybe for you, a gong bath is like, that's useless. I'm not doing that, but maybe putting on your favorite classical music and having a dance party by yourself in your lounge is something that really connects you both are stimulating that sense of sound and hearing and the throat chakra, but they're very different. So find what is unique to you so that you can build your own really specific and personal nourishing toolbox so that when you come into a place where you feel a little bit unshaky and like, Oh, I need to feel a bit more balanced here. It's like, Oh, I've got this thing that I can pull on and write that down and I can take action on it. 
Yeah. And so Shay, you asked me at the beginning of the show, well, halfway through the show, maybe, um, what are my nourishing practices? What are your nourishing practices? So for me, meditation is a huge thing. Just taking the time to sit, be quiet. Um, yeah, still moving my body is, is also like so good for me. Just this, it doesn't have to be a huge, big workout, but I just know that when I get up and I do some movement, like my day starts on a different foot. And it's been quite interesting to observe this as I've been in pregnancy, like where there's been days where I've not been able to do anything except lie on the couch. And it's just, I mean, there's lots of hormones and stuff going on as well, but it's like just this really like feedback loop where you are, I feel terrible. Then I haven't moved my body. So I don't feel, I feel even worse. And it just like goes around in this cycle. So movement is definitely a big thing. Meditation and stillness is a big thing. Visually, I love to, and I think that's why I'm so addicted to Instagram. It's like, I, I'm such a visual person. I love to see different designs, different aesthetics. Um, often I'll go into a shop and just browse around the shop, looking at the, way the store is laid out and looking at different shelving displays and that really fuels me when I get new creative projects to do it's really I feel it's really really nourishing for myself this morning I've been given a new creative project and I can just see I can feel like oh this is really like bolstering my sense of yeah I feel good I feel alive I feel energized with this because it's something that stimulates that creative center for me so for me creativity and getting stuck with your hands doing something is a really good thing as well yeah, and so I mean, it's just interesting. Like, this topic is nourishment, but we haven't once actually spoken about anything to do relating to physical nourishment in terms of food and nutrition. But I think it's a much broader topic than this. And mm. obviously, we know that when we're eating well, we feel better. It's just, it comes hand in hand. I feel like that's um, the obvious thing, which probably is why we haven't yeah. talked about it too much. Yeah. But then also, like, Sometimes the having the donut, I've been so like craving donuts in this pregnancy. That's having the what donut, your soul needs. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's nourishment for a different part of you mm. and to give yourself that space without feeling guilt because the sacral chakra is our pleasure center, but it's also the flip side of it or the shadow side of it is the guilt that's connected mm. to it. So when we can recognize like, Oh, this is something that I'm really craving and it's going to give me a lot of pleasure but is there going to be guilt attached to it? Or how can I look at those two things and let them sit by side by side without me being overcome by the guilt or being pulled down by the guilt of it? So I think when we can bring those things to light, they have less of a hold over us. So Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why it is so important to look at nourishment as this kind of all-encompassing thing is because is, you know, coming from, uh, you know, in the past when I ran my weight loss program and I, I worked a lot with, you know, specifically with food and weight loss, I worked with a lot of women who was like, oh, it's good, you know, it's a good or bad behavior. I'm good if I eat this, I'm bad that if I eat that. But that's not actually true if we consider the bigger picture. But I think it's much more helpful to look at ourselves as a whole because that that wholeness is that is the balance of the heart chakra is just to consider everything as integrated whole instead of these like little isolated parts. And, and when we do that and we can see the bigger picture, we can really make empowered decisions to give our body exactly what it needs on, you know, whether that's the body physically or the mind or the soul. Mm. And I love that word that you use integration. I think that's so important for like integrating the divine aspects of ourselves with the human aspects of ourselves and just creating this really like 
yeah, it's a really balanced view of who you are. And I think that's, that's really empowering. Anything else you want to add, Shay? No, I think that I'm all nourished up now. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to 10, how nourished are you feeling today? Um, 10 being the best. 10 being the best, probably about an eight. Because oh, yesterday, yesterday was a, yes, yeah, yesterday was like a low day. I slept badly the night before and I think we didn't even touch on sleep, but that like, that's like a, such a good thing for nourishing yourself. Mm-hmm. I slept badly and then just the nausea started kicking in again. And so if I compare how I feel today compared to yesterday, I'm like, I, w- I would probably classify myself as a 10, but just in general, I think it's probably more realistic to be on an eight. So how about you? Yeah, um, I feel like I need to sit with this a little bit longer. But first of all, I just wanted to say, well, I stall, that um, it's a good job we weren't podcasting yesterday because I wasn't feeling great <laughs> yesterday. You weren't feeling great yesterday. It's much better we're both podcasting today. Yeah. Um, but I'd say, hmm, I want to say a six. And the reason being is I was told that you can never say seven because it's too wishy-washy. So I had to either pick between six or eight and it's not an eight. So I guess it has to be a six. Um, okay, and, the reason interesting. I, and the reason I say six is because one of the things that I'm really, it's really challenging me at the moment is this lack of variety. You know, we talked mm. about travel and play and pleasure. Lately, I've been very much systems and structures girl. So I've been I've been very regimented in what I'm doing to look after myself. So I am nourishing myself in that physical plane in terms of rest and food and sleep and all of those sorts of things. But I feel like I'm lacking in variety. And we've Mm. talked about that human need for variety before. So I feel like there's a need for more variety. There's a need for more fun. There's a need for more like new experiences I'm just not quite sure how to give myself that right now. So that's why Mm. I say six. So as a caveat to that, Warren and I were supposed to be in Corfu this next week. We were supposed to be on a path of love holiday together and that's obviously been canceled. So Warren already had the time booked off work. So we've decided to take ourselves for the week down to Cornwall next week. So that for me also, like in the background, it's like this subconscious thing that I'm like, oh, I'm going to a completely new scenery. And it's not going to be like the most like mind blowing in terms of like the location or it's like, you're not going to like the tropical islands anywhere, but like I said to one, it's probably going to be the best holiday we've ever had because it's like, it's going to be such a change of scenery having been in the same place, the same things again and again and again for the last however many months. And having that is like, Oh yeah, there's something now exciting mm. to look forward to. It's like nourishing a different part of me. So yeah, that's probably also why I'm feeling like the eight. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think the the first thing is like just having that awareness, right? And like, even if you can ask yourself, like, how nourished am I feeling on a scale of one to 10? Like you just pretend like me and Shay are interviewing you. Mm. And, and then I think just actually verbalizing it and saying it's this and, and why is it not that? What's missing? Mm. Like such mm. an insightful process just to, just to get a little bit closer to what you need. I'm going to book mm. myself a holiday to Cornwall. <laughs> yes, do it. <laughs> Not really, but I'll, fi- I'll find something else. So Ben and I have actually got, um, and because of this, um, we've got a plan on Saturday where we're going to go. So it's like about an hour's drive away is on the coast, but we're just going to go and like have some lunch at one of the restaurants that's now open. And yeah, just add a little bit of variety to the routine. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Anna. That was a really 
juicy episode juicy episode i hope everybody else enjoyed it and we'll see you next week bye bye thank you for listening to another episode of kombucha and color if you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today please leave a five-star review on stitcher or itunes Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.